Hi, I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. This is a very special bonus episode of Curiosity Daily with renowned science communicator Hank Green. He created the YouTube channels Crash Course and SciShow, and he co-stars in the super popular Vlogbrothers YouTube channel with his brother and fellow author, John Green. Hank just published his first book titled An Absolutely Remarkable Thing. Ashley and I had the chance to talk to him about it, and we thought we'd share it with you. Because Hank is a smart dude, and he's got some really cool insights into what it's like to write a book. If you like it and you want to hear more, then you can find the full interview on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash curiosity.com, all spelled out, for free. Enjoy. What's your elevator pitch for the book? How do you oh, describe it to somebody who, who's like, yeah. all right, what's this book about? I think it's it's about so, well, it's about a lot of different things, so I have a hard time with that. But like, it's about a young woman who finds a robot statue and names it Carl, makes a video with it, and then that video goes viral in part because she's charming, but in part, in larger part, because that one statue turned out to be one of of sixty three others that just appeared overnight all across the world, and no one can explain them, and uh, and April gets a little taste of fame. And then works very hard, but also um, has also is sort of like like in part due to her own ambition and hard work and in part due to the peculiarity of the mystery that she is in gets brought deeper into this and becomes a bit of a pundit, a bit of a celebrity and a bit of a thought leader all at at once as a 23 year old who is not really well prepared for the the mental exercise of that. I think that sums it up pretty well as well. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't really an elevator. Hopefully that was a pretty long elevator ride. We we're going to like four, maybe 16, 22 up there. Uh, <laughs> pretty long pitch. Yeah, I, that's all right. I used to take an express elevator up to 41 at one of my last jobs. <laughs> so it, uh, I understand it can take a while. It's funny. I got the book. I started reading. I came into work and I turned to Ashley and I was like, it's written in first person from the perspective of a female. Is that is that allowed? <laughs> right. And here's and she. You know, she kind of. I, I shared all of the memes that that are online of uh, male writers writing women, and oh, you know, and and apparently you did. Yeah, it, it looks like you did a, a really a really great job uh, writing as a woman. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean it's terrifying, uh, and I I did have a lot of help on the sort of like I had a lot of. People who read the book uh, with with an eye specifically toward like me paying them to say, like, what did I do wrong um, kinds of things. But I also paid a lot of attention to those criticisms that you've seen on the Internet. And uh, and I don't think that I would have made some of those mistakes. Some of the things (laughs) that you see are just really funny, like my breasts felt so cozy in my brassiere and it's just like <laughs> oh that's that sounds like how people feel about their bodies at one point in the story april closes her boob in a door and that was my fa- like that's like my my favorite like um uh me going like i i like went on twitter and i i searched for closed boob in door to see if this was a thing that had ever happened to a woman and indeed it has um <laughs> So, uh, so like I, I, I felt like, uh, getting comfortable both with like, you know, like trying to understand how, like how you are viewed and how society and culture looks at a female body is different from how it looks at a male body. So that was something that I felt like I needed to try to understand pretty deeply. And then 
and then also like there are and sort of more that more than like character attributes, which I feel like can be pretty malleable. And and as we study the science of of sex and gender, we see that there are there are tendencies, but no absolutes in those things. So that that I feel like is easier to get right than how you are treated societally. But also like that choice didn't feel like a choice to me. It felt like, you know, I was telling telling April's story from the very beginning. And like oftentimes I would write something and be like, that doesn't seem like something April would do, but like have no idea what that meant or where that came from. Interesting. So what, what motivated that decision in the first place for, for you to sit down? I mean, was that, was that from day one you sat down and you're like, I'm going to write this from the perspective of first person female? Like how did the process start for you? So like, the honest answer is really dumb. I wanted to write a middle grade story about a pet detective named April May. And then I was like, no, I don't want to <laughs> write that book. And instead... I want to write a book about this thing that I came up with, this very strange scene that involves a, a that involves grape jelly. And if you've read the book, you will know what that is. And if not, it doesn't sound like a spoiler. And I had that and I want to like write that book. But maybe I could take this character that I created to be a pet detective for a middle grade novel. This is the first time I've admitted to this. Then that will be like I can combine those two things and it will be a way to get to this weird scene that I imagined with jelly and that was kind of it. And and it didn't in, in character creation of April specifically, I didn't feel like I was creating her. I felt like I was finding her and like testing out things and being like, that doesn't seem right. And and I know that that is a process of creation, but it didn't feel like it. And I don't under, I do not understand it. I don't know how it happened. Like, so I have a hard time talking about it. It's written in such a natural internet-y modern way, right? Like every little reference you have, all the ways of talking, it's super contemporary. And we're in a world where everyone seems to be reading more, but it's like micro reading, right? Like mm -hmm. Twitters and clips and short articles and Facebook posts. And, and there's a different, there's a different linguistic structure almost. I feel like you've Probably spend, I mean, you do spend a lot of time on the internet, I, I would imagine. Uh, I wonder if you made that harder to sit down and write a book. Did you have any particular exercises or anything to kind of break out of that that Twitter mode and switch into like, a, I'm writing a book style where I have to actually finish an entire paragraph and then finish an entire page? <laughs> well, first, I want to say thank you for saying that. That was something that like when I first started the voice of the book and first started to understand it, I was like, this is different because it is written from the perspective of a person who is a citizen of the internet. And, and my, my editors and my publisher was very amenable to that. And I want to like be thankful to them for like, that is a little weird. And there are times that like it maybe gets in the way of the story a little bit even, but like, I think that it's necessary for it to establish the, the voice and the feel and I was thinking like that would be the thing that would make the book stand out. And it has not been any something that anyone has mentioned yet. So I'm glad someone noticed because I thought it was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but all, like in addition to writing tweets, probably the majority of the words that I have written in the last 10 years have been video scripts. And they are they tend to be about 600 to 800 words and they are short essays. And so that is a structure where there are paragraphs and there there is a narrative structure. There's a beginning, a middle and an end. And that is, of course, 
thus the style of writing that I'm most comfortable with. And when I found that I could sort of do that in a book form in a way, not entirely, because of course there's also dialogue and there's scenes and there's action and stuff, but like that allowed me a path to understanding how writing could be possible because when I had tried to write um, in more traditional ways, I had, I had been like, I don't understand. This is very hard. <laughs> and so it was sort of like me leaning on a skill that I already had. Is there a main takeaway you want people to get out of the book? Or is there like a most proud moment you have from this book that, that you really hope that people notice? I mean, that, they, that would be a spoiler, I think. But like, <laughs> fr- like friendship, like the moments when I was like, oh, these people really love each other. And like, you can tell that. And those were big ones for me. And then uh, and then the other thing that I hope people I, th- I hope that people have a lot of fun and I hope that people consider their relationship and their position as like a member of sort of a like as, as like a citizen of this whatever we are in the same way that like I'm a citizen of a town and a state and a country. I'm also sort of a citizen of these Internet platforms. Well, thanks a lot for spending a few minutes with us, Hank. I really, it was an awesome book and like good on you. And uh, we're going to be following you very closely. We love all that, all that you're up to. Great. Thank you very much. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.